camp, I really, I told my wife, I, I really, really regret that we haven't done a better job at encouraging our younger kids or encouraging the parents of younger kids to get those kids involved in a junior camp. And uh, they really need to be. They, they need that experience in their life. And we've got, uh, you know, we've, we've got the option of sending them. We just haven't really pushed it, haven't encouraged it. I know that uh, Bishop Howard uh, has camp for some younger kids. I don't know how young it goes. Uh, Brother Carricker, I think he allows five-year-olds to come and maybe even a little bit younger if uh, mom or dad is going to be there with them. And we had a great, great camp. The Spirit of the Lord just moved in such a special way. And the kids were able to have such a wonderful time. They have a, uh, they have a great campground that they rent with all kinds of amenities for the children. And um, camp, when we, the first night, they asked how many uh, needed the Holy Ghost, wanted the Holy Ghost. And there were 12 that stood. Now, there were 70 campers, um, but 12 of them stood and said they needed the Holy Ghost. And uh, by the end of Friday night service, there were eight who said they had received it. So thank God. Eight out of 12 is pretty good. <laughs> no, eight out of 12 is very good. That's very, very good. And uh, that's, that's two-thirds of those that said they wanted it, received it. And uh, that's, that's great, and we thank God for it. Powerful presence of the Lord that swept in in a Friday night service. And, and um, it was the best preaching I'd ever done, if I do say so myself, because uh, I didn't do any. And uh, the Spirit of the Lord just moved in. In fact... It wasn't really during the choir song. The choir had sung and the Spirit of the Lord started moving. But as they went back to their seats, the Holy Ghost just started just uh, erupting in that place. And they had already quit singing, but the Holy Ghost just fell. And that night, most of those eight received the Holy Ghost in Friday night service. And so I'm thankful to God for that. And I appreciate your prayers know that many of you make it a special point to pray for us when we are gone and especially when we're in these kinds of situations where I'm going to be preaching and ministering and I appreciate it very, very, very much. I really do. Amen. I count on your prayers. I depend on your prayers. Hallelujah. So while we're talking about prayer, let's just talk about it a little bit more here tonight. And the last week we our last, yeah, I think it was last week, was it? I don't know when it was last week. Sometime my days are so messed up, I don't know what's what. Uh, but anyhow, last lesson that we taught, we finished up looking at Elijah's prayer, and uh, hopefully you gained some things from that. And I told you then I wasn't sure if we're going back into the subject of prayer again or where we were going in our next lesson but I do feel like that uh, there is at least one more prayer I want to look at before I quit. We've been using some prayers that we know have been effective. We know the Bible shows them to be effective and trying to glean some things out of their pattern. And I've got at least one more prayer in the scripture that I want to look at. And, and maybe there will be more after we finish this. I don't know. But uh, we're going to look at this one tonight. So, and we're just going to go back and use the same text that we've been using. This just kind of brings it all together. It ties it all uh, into one, each of these lessons. Uh, Luke chapter 11, verse 1. The Bible says it came to pass that as he, that is Jesus, as Jesus was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples. Lord, teach us to pray. Amen. And I've pointed out many, many weeks uh, that if the disciples recognized a need to learn more about prayer, 
then we ought to feel that same need in our lives. We ought to have that same desire. We ought to have that same hunger. Praise God. Amen. Now, I, you know, I don't want everybody walking around feeling discouraged and disappointed in their prayer life, but I do want everybody walking around saying, Lord, I'd really like to learn even more about it. I'd like to be able to do an even better job at it than what I'm doing right now. And I certainly want everybody to desire that their prayers would be effective, that you would get answers to your prayers and not just be saying prayers, but actually touching God in your time of prayer. And so we're going to look at another example that we know God honored. And to me, that's the key, isn't it? We want to find prayers that worked. Again, we don't want to go back and say the same words, but we want to learn what principles did they use? What, what things did they do that touched the heart of God? Hallelujah. Look, and I know you're standing, but let me just say it. James said, you have not because you ask not. That's problem number one. If we're not praying at all, we can't expect God to answer. But number two, he said, you ask and have not because you ask amiss that you may consume it upon your own lust. In other words, James said the motivation behind your prayer is carnal. That's what he's saying. You are praying, but the motive behind it is not right. And so I want to I find some prayers that people prayed in the scripture and learn from those prayers. Because if I can pray those kinds of prayers, then I know I'm not asking amiss. Does that make sense? Then I can have more confidence that God's going to answer that kind of prayer. Because I'm not praying that prayer that I might consume it on my own lust. I'm praying it in accordance with the will of God, and therefore I can expect the favor of God to respond to my request. Amen. Let's put our Bibles down. I want to ask you one more time, would you ask the Lord to help us tonight? We want to learn how to be more effective in our prayers. Let's everybody talk to him together right now. Can we do that? name in Jesus name in Jesus name in Jesus name hallelujah 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 I love you Jesus I love you Jesus saints of God there is a spirit that is doing its best to hold us back tonight we got to press through this. I'm going to be wasting my time trying to teach until we break through this. I felt the wall come up as soon as we started to pray. We got to break this. Come on, I need some prayer warriors right now. I need some intercessors right now. We need the liberty of the Holy Ghost to break through in this place. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Come on, church. I'm telling you, this is a spiritual attack we're feeling right now. And we've got to counter attack. Oh, God.
Come on, come on, come on. Let's press through it. Let's press through it. Jesus, help us, Lord. Give us liberty right now, I pray. Lord, I take authority over every spirit that has risen up in opposition to the word of the Lord tonight. I take authority over every spirit that's trying to bind this service. I command those spirits to leave right now in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. You came here to bind us, but we bind you right now in the name that's above every name. My, 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 my. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, thank God, thank God, thank God. Amen, amen. Thank you, church. I, I feel some of that heaviness has lifted. Thank God. Thank God, thank God, thank God. We're going we're gonna to win this war. We're going to win this war. Uh, hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. I'm, I've got far too much ground to cover tonight to do a lot of, of um, review of previous lessons. And so what I want to do tonight is I just want to take you uh, into the, the uh, prayer that we want to study tonight. And we're going to look at it from a biblical perspective. And I stress that because uh, I just want to tell you, some years ago, uh, it became very well known. and uh, But I don't believe that folks really got the depth of what it was really all about. I, I think that some folks twisted the real meaning of this prayer and the significance of this prayer. And, and that was unfortunate that they did because too many people uh, came to believe that that's what the prayer was really all about when that was not the focus at all. And so tonight we're going to go uh, and look at a very, very short prayer. In fact, uh, we've talked about what we call the Lord's Prayer, uh, 66 words in our King James Bible in the book of Matthew. We talked about Elijah's prayer on Mount Carmel, 63 words uh, in our King James Bible. The prayer that I want to look at tonight is only half of that. It's only 33 words in the English, uh, the King James Bible. 33 words, that's not a very long prayer. But I'm going to show you tonight how effective that prayer really was. Would you turn with me to 1 Chronicles chapter 4. 1 Chronicles chapter 4, and we're going to look at verse 10 tonight. 1 Chronicles 4 and verse 10. And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that thou wouldest bless me indeed, and enlarge my coast, and that thine hand might be with me, and that thou wouldest keep me from evil, that, thou would, that it may not grieve me. And God granted him that which he had requested. Now, this, this prayer, the prayer of Jabez, I guess it was about ten years ago or so that uh, somebody wrote a book about this prayer, and it became very popular, and and uh, a lot of folks trying to pray this prayer, uh, believing that it was going to bring them all kinds of earthly blessings if they would just pray this prayer. And I want to look at it tonight, as I said, from a biblical standpoint, not based on what somebody else said uh, that this prayer means. But I want us to take a look at it because it is a very effective prayer and I'm going to show you that in just a few moments let me tell you first of all let's just let's just talk about this prior to that book coming out some 10 years ago I can just about tell you that that if anybody spoke the name Jabez very few Christians would have known who he was 
Prior to that book coming out, very few folks, and in fact now it's been so long that there's probably still a whole lot of people that, that have no idea who Jabez was and what happened in his life. So that's why I think it's important that we, we, we take a look at this. You know, one of, one of the interesting things about this is that his brief biography appears and then disappears right in the middle of several chapters of genealogy. You know, that part where most folks doing their yearly Bible reading get lost and give up. That's why a lot of folks have never heard this name. <laughs> oh, I'm just telling you the truth tonight. I'm just being honest with you. That's why a lot of folks have no idea because, you see, by the time we get to this, First Chronicles chapter uh, 4 and verse 10, there, this, everything that's led up to this point, it, it's just been a genealogy. Uh, it's, it's just been, uh, one man, uh, and, and who his son was and who his son was and, and who his son was. And all of this had started in chapter one, verse one, and been going pretty much nonstop. So, you know, you get through three and a half chapters of this person begat this person and, and you can't even pronounce half the names. And it just gets to the point, if we'll be honest, that we're really not even reading it at all. We're just looking at it. Can I get a witness? Come on, would somebody be honest about it tonight? You, you get down to this point where you just kind of, you know the words, your mind's out here doing something else. You're not really even paying attention to what you're reading. But that's the amazing thing is that God chose to give us a very brief biography right in the middle of, if I could say it this way, and you not think that I'm, blaspheming here tonight uh, or being sacrilegious but right in the middle of some of the most boring reading you can find right god stuck a story right in the middle of it right it, it, it's almost it's almost like god is just letting us go along and then he's testing us i just want to see if you're really reading this I got all this information for you here. I just want to find out if anybody's really reading this. Because he could have inserted this story anywhere, but he did it in the middle of a bunch of genealogies. In fact, let me just show you. Just get an example here. Let's just strictly back up to verse 7, and, and we're, we're looking at verse 10, but let's back up to verse 7, read down through verse 11, and let's read. And the sons of Halah were Zareth and Zohor and Ethnan, and Kuz begat Anub, and Soraya, and the families of Ahimelech. Are you sure you're pronouncing these right? I use blue letter Bible when you gave me the notes. Yeah, well, you might want to check, because some of these, you didn't get it right. So anyhow, go ahead. <laughs> the sons blue of letter Harum. Bible's getting a red letter right now. <laughs> the sons of Harum, and Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. And his mother called his name Jabez, saying, Because I bear him with sorrow. And Jabez called... Yeah, this and verse Jabez, And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, O thou that would bless me indeed and enlarge my coast, that thine hand would be with me, and that thou would keep me from evil, that it may not grieve me. And God granted him that which he requested. Read. Yeah. Uh, the brother of Chuha begat Neha. What happened to Blue Letter Bible now? ran out of time. <laughs> oh, you didn't get all that. Okay, all right, all right. Well, anyhow, here's my point. Did you see this? We're just reading along. Sons of Hela were Zareth and, and Jezuar and Ethnan and Cos begat Anub and Zobiba and the families of Arharhul, the son of Harum. And, and then you get to verse number nine. And it's not just this one begat this one. It's Jabez, I mean, out of nowhere. His name just comes up. 
Jabez was more honorable than his brethren. And his mother called his name Jabez, saying, Because I bear him with sorrow. Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that thou wouldest bless me indeed. Enlarge my coast, that thine hand might be with me. That thou wouldest keep me from evil, it grieved me, uh, and it may not grieve me. And God granted him that which requested, which he requested. Verse 11, And Chelab, the brother of Shua, beget Meir, which was the father of Eshton. And he just goes right back into it. Right? I mean, it's just genealogies. Except two verses. Stuck right in the middle of all that. And there's just a very brief story. But what it appears to me, I, I, you know that I'm, I'm just kidding when I say I think God was just checking to see if we were still awake. Um, I've had to do that a few times. Say things and just see who hollers amen. And see if you're really paying attention. Uh, I, think, I think God may have. That may have been part of what he was doing. But, but I really think it's, it's more like as this man begins to chronicle or begins to list the genealogies of these families, something happened when he gets to Jabez. He says, this is too big of a story for me to just ignore it. Now, I don't read where he fought a bunch of giants. I don't read where he helped deliver the king. I don't read, you know, where, where he called down fire from heaven. But there was something that happened that the writer of Chronicles had to stop and say, look, I know we're going through this list, but there's something important here. And we need to know why did God give us this little distraction in the middle of a genealogy. Why did God give us this distraction? You know, church, I, uh, I've preached long enough. I've, I've felt the anointing of God enough times. There, there are times, and you've heard me do it, when I'm preaching along on one subject and all of a sudden I throw something else out there and I say, I don't even know why I got on that. I don't even know why I dealt with that, but the Holy Ghost knew. And I've, I've had many times at the end of those services, somebody come and say, I know why you got on that. I know exactly why I needed that. It really wasn't a part of the message, but God wanted to convey something to somebody. And I'm telling you, these genealogies, these lineages were important to the Jewish people. I know they don't mean much to us today, but it, they were important to the Jewish people. And it was important that they have this list. But in the middle of this list, God said, stop for a minute. I got a point I want to make. I've got a message I want to deliver. In the middle of this lineage. I want to tell you about one man in particular and tell you about a prayer he prayed and what happened as a result of that prayer. Now, I'm just telling you, it is interesting to me that we've got all of these begats, all of these sons of, and then we've got two verses that tell us all we know about this man, and we go right back into the other things. But we learn so much from these two verses. Let me tell you the first thing that, that you may not see as you look at all of this, but it is important. Now you've jumped the gun. Why do we have verse 9 up there? I'm ready for it, but I just, I don't know if you felt the spirit of prophecy on you and knew that that's where I was going. I, I hadn't asked for it yet. Is Josh also among the sons of the prophets? No, sir. All right, now look. <laughs> Let's just hope he doesn't try to do it like Saul did when that question was asked of him, all right? <laughs> if you don't know how Saul did it, go home and read your Bible. Anyhow, we'll hope that doesn't happen tonight. So, so here's something we know about Jabez. We, we know... Uh, in verse 9, read verse 9 for me. And Jabez was more honorable than his brethren. And his mother called his name Jabez, saying, Because I bear him with sorrow. His mother called his name Jabez. 
Now, do you know, do you understand, in Bible times, they didn't just take names and make them up. I'm not saying that's wrong to do, but um, uh, I'm trying to think now, Sister Regan, what is Pastor Simon's daughter? What was her name? Uh, Siatra. Siatra. He named his daughter Siatra. And because his name is Simon and his wife's name's Cleopatra. And so he took part of Simon and part of Cleopatra and he made Siatra. And, and so there are, you know, I mean, there's nothing wrong with doing that. But what I'm trying to tell you is that's not the way it worked in Bible days. Names meant things. And names were not just to describe an incident, but names were predictive of the person's life. Names said things about people. It identified their character. Esau, what we know about Esau, people say, well, it means red. But it really means more than that. It's an earthly red. What we know about this man is that he was a, an earthly-minded individual, very carnal, as was his, or as his name indicated. The same thing with Jacob, which meant supplanter or deceiver, right? That's what Jacob meant, and that's how he lived his life. And so here, Jabez's mother decides the name of this child, and she calls him Jabez. Jabez means one who caused or will cause pain. He brought me, I don't know what the story is. The Bible doesn't tell us the story of why she chose to identify him as a bringer of pain. But that's the way his mama identified him. And that, that name stuck with him. All of his life. Can you imagine any time you meet somebody, my name is the one that's going to bring you pain. My name is the one that's going to cause you sorrow. That's who I am. What must that have done to, to his, what's the word they use, psyche? What must that have done to his personality? How must that have affected this individual to grow up saying my mama sees me as a cause of sorrow? And I'm going to bring sorrow to everybody I meet. I'm just a troublemaker. That's the way everybody sees me. That's my destiny in life. Now that's the man. That's, I'm, in, in just two short verses, we have to glean everything we can get. There's a purpose for God to insert this here. And I'm telling you, I believe it starts with the fact that his name identifies what was expected out of him. This was the way his mother felt he would live his life. She was convinced he was going to cause people sorrow. He was going to be a troublemaker. And we don't know much about him. We know according to verse 9 that his mother saw him as a cause of sorrow. But we also know that according to verse 9, he was more honorable than his brothers. And in verse 10 at the end of the verse we, we'll, we'll look at it in just a moment but the end of verse 10 it says that God granted him what he requested so I'm telling you here's a man that his own mother has no hope for him ever becoming anything his own mother wrote him off as nothing but trouble 
But this man prayed a prayer that so moved the heart of God that God said, you haven't caused me any trouble. I'm going to give you what you've asked for. I'm going to respond to your request. Is anybody hearing me? Now, I'm going to tell you, as I started looking at this, praying about this service, studying for this service, I just felt like telling somebody, you need, to, you need a fresh revelation that it doesn't matter what your lineage is. Right. Amen. It doesn't matter what family you come from or what your history may be. Come on. I, listen, I, if I've ever felt like God's trying to talk to somebody, I feel it right now. And I'm telling you, God has convinced somebody under the sound of my voice that because of some incident in your past or because of your family or something that you are destined to failure. But I'm here to tell you, that was not the cause. That was not the case with Jabez. That's the way his mama saw it. That's the way his parents saw it. That's the way his family saw it, but that was not the way God saw it. And God was able to take that situation and turn it around. Jabez was not destined to become what everybody else said he would become. Right, right. Jabez did not have to become the victim of his environment. Right, 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 right. I'm telling you, I don't care what's happened. I don't care where you've been. I serve a God that knows how to step in to your situation and change your future. Your past does not determine your future. Are you hearing me tonight? What you have always been is not necessarily what you will always be. Right, right, right. Hallelujah. Now, you know, many times, as was the case with Jacob, God would step in and change their name. God didn't change Jabez's name. God let Jabez go on being called Jabez. God let Jabez go on living his life with everybody else thinking he's nothing but a troublemaker. He's nothing but a problem. He's going to cause everybody sorrow. God just let him live with that stigma. God could have erased it. God could have changed it, but he didn't. But what he did do is he stepped into Jabez's life and he made out of him an example for everyone. Oh, hallelujah. In fact, I'm going to tell you, I really believe that, and this is just me, this is my opinion, but I'm going to tell you, I think Jabez continued to cause sorrow, but it wasn't to the people of God. He was causing sorrow to the enemy because of what God started doing for this man. Right, 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 right. And this is why I believe God left his name that way, because every time the devil started for him, the devil said, oh, here comes trouble. Here comes trouble. I want hell to see me as a causer of his sorrow. I want hell to see me as one that brings him trouble. Yes. Amen, 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 amen. Hallelujah. I'm preaching to somebody here. I don't care if I don't get any farther tonight. I'm trying to get through to somebody that you are so condemned. You are so down. You are so depressed because of something that, that's connected with your past or your lineage. I haven't put my finger on it yet, but I'm telling you something's there that's keeping you from seeing the blessing that God wants to give you. You gotta shake free of that. You gotta get beyond that. You gotta get away from that. The devil wants you to believe you'll never amount to anything. He wants you to believe you'll never amount to anything. I could, I really could spend some time right here and not go any further tonight. Have you ever thought about David had many, many, many sons. 
because he had many, many, many wives. Now we talk about Solomon with his 300 wives and 700 concubines. Lord have mercy. Somebody was just telling me this week, said, these GPS is just, I guess it just first come out and they said Elder Westberg got up and said he preached, said God's trying to tell us we don't need a GPS. He said, because I got one woman already telling me which way to go. And now all of a sudden I got another one. He said, the Bible says no man can serve two masters. Hallelujah. Now listen to me. You are not, you're not locked in to anything as long as God is still on the throne. The devil wants to convince you. The devil wants you to believe that you'll never amount to anything. But I'm here to tell you, look, I don't know how to say this even without it coming across wrong, but you're just going to have to trust me tonight, all right? You're just going to have to trust me. But if you don't have faith in yourself, please have a little bit of faith in me that I have heard the voice of God for you. Because I'm preaching, as sure as I'm standing here tonight, I'm preaching to somebody that God's trying to pull you up out of the doldrums and out of your despondency and out of your discouragement and out of your depression. God's trying to pull you up. As you keep looking around, well, this is the way I'll always be. This is the way I'll always be. David, David had many sons, but God's the one who chose his successor. And do you know who he chose? He chose the son of Bathsheba. Does that name ring a bell? The woman with whom David committed adultery. The woman whose husband David had killed. Now the child of that adulterous affair died. But Bathsheba had another baby boy. And his name was Solomon. And Solomon is the one God chose to be the king. Are you understanding what I'm trying to tell you? God looked at a very terrible lineage. A history that involved adultery and murder. But God said out of the midst of all of that negativity, I'm going to raise up the greatest, most wise, wealthiest, most powerful king that the nation of Israel has ever had. I feel like preaching to somebody tonight. I'm telling you, it doesn't matter where you came from. It doesn't matter what's gone on in the past. God is able to take you from where you are and put you where he wants you to be. Hallelujah. Come here, Jaheim. Come here. I'm going to preach a little bit here tonight. I'm going to tell you boys something. I don't care. I don't care what your past looks like. You hear me? I don't care. It doesn't matter where you came from. You are not destined to repeat what you've been raised to see. God's got his hand on you young men. And God knows how to turn all of that past around and make something special out of you. a little bit here tonight hallelujah come on I'm not 
trying to embarrass anybody. I'm not trying to make anybody look bad or think bad. I, I'm just talking from my heart tonight. But I want to tell you both. Uh, amen. You can sit around and let the devil convince you. Well, if I had a daddy that was living for God. If I had a daddy that was here to set an example for me. If I had a daddy that could be here to pray. I'm going to tell you, get past all of that. You need to understand God had mercy on you. And you are able to start a brand new lineage when God sends you a spouse. You can have a new lineage. It doesn't have to be based on what's in the past and what you've had and what you've known. I'm telling you, God knows how to take a Jabez when everybody else said he's nothing but trouble. He's nothing but a problem. He's never going to amount to anything. Who does he think he is? I'm going to tell you, it doesn't matter who he thinks he is. It matters who God thinks he can make him. I know, I know. Some of you say, what? Oh, God. Oh, God. Let pastor come say it to me. No, no. I'm saying it to everybody right now. Everybody under the sound of my voice. I don't have to call you out individually. I'm preaching truth to you right now. let this reach I'm a, this is why the devil fought me when I read my text because he knew what was about to happen in here tonight he didn't want this happening he didn't want anybody to get this revelation but devil we got it through anyhow Hallelujah. Oh, God, help me tonight. Help me tonight. Jabez's own mother didn't believe in him. She didn't have any faith in him. She saw him as nothing but a problem, nothing but trouble. She wanted to throw him away. She didn't want anything to do with him. I'm telling you to put that kind of mark on somebody that everybody that meets you says, oh, you're a troublemaker, huh? That's what his own mama assigned to him. But God said, I don't care. I don't care. I don't care what man said. I don't care what some person thought. If you'll humble yourself before me and seek my face, I can do something with you. I can do something for you. Oh, hallelujah. 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 Oh, let's lift our hands and love the Lord. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Oh, the Holy Ghost is trying to move right now. The Holy Ghost is trying to help somebody right now. I'm telling you, there is a revival that's resting on shoulders of individuals that are under the sound of my voice right now. There's a revival that's in your hands. Quit worrying about what somebody else said or what somebody else thinks. God said a broken and a contrite spirit he will not despise. He will in no wise cast them out if they'll just humble themselves before him. God doesn't care. God doesn't check your family tree. 
there, Josh. I'm telling you, statistically, this man shouldn't even be in the church today. Statistically, he shouldn't even be here. Now, I know I pick on him, and I know, I know he's easy to pick on. And I know some of you get frustrated with him. And he gets frustrated with himself, and I get frustrated. But I'm going to tell you something. It's a miracle he's even standing here tonight. You hear me? But Josh, you don't have to repeat the lineage that was handed to you. You don't have to go down that path. Come on, I'm preaching tonight. I'm telling you, you can start something new. Things can be different. I know, I know, I know. I know when single young people start looking, considering a mate, you know, it's usually wise to go back and check out the lineage and look at some things. And I know that. But I'm going to tell you, there's one factor you better not leave out. And that's the God factor. Because they're not destined to become what their parents were as long as they stay true to God. Just because your dad was an alcoholic doesn't mean you got a drink. Hallelujah. But I'm telling you, God can turn things around. God can take somebody like Jabez and hear a short little prayer, but it must have been prayed from a sincere heart. And God stepped in and answered that prayer. And God said, I know. Now look, look. These are the words of God. We believe the Bible's inspired by God, right? We believe every verse was divinely inspired of the Holy Ghost, right? Right? So verse 9 tells us something very important. First of all, Mama said, you're no good. But did you see what God said? God said, I don't care what Mama thought. He's more honorable. That was God's testimony. Mama's testimony was he's a troublemaker. God's testimony was he's more honorable than his brothers. Oh, hallelujah. I'm going to tell you, I'd rather have God's testimony saying I'm good. God's testimony saying I'm honorable. God's testimony saying I'm going to be something in his kingdom. That means more to me than anything else. Ah, let's lift our hands and love the Lord. Let me, let me, I, I didn't get into the prayer itself. But, but I do want to just show you one thing before I quit here, all right? I want to show you one thing before I quit. Put, put verse 10 back up there for me, would you? Chapter 4, verse 10. Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that thou wouldest bless me indeed, enlarge my coast, that thine hand might be with me, that thou wouldest keep me from evil, that it may not grieve me, that it may not grieve me. Everyone say that it may not grieve me. Now, I think this is an unfortunate translation in our King James Bibles because a better translation at least in my opinion and other translations put it this way a better translation is that last request he made was Lord I want you to do these things that I may not cause pain in other words mama determined I'm going to always cause pain everywhere I go but I'm asking you to do some things so that that's not the case. I don't want to live up to that name. I don't want to be that person. 
hello hello God there's some things I want you to do but the reason I want you to do them I don't want to be the person mama thought I was going to be I don't want to be that person You see that? That it may not grieve me or that I may not cause pain or that I may not bring sorrow. And what does the Bible say? And God granted him that which he requested. He said, God, I don't want to live up to that name of troublemaker. And God granted that request. God, I don't want to be the one that's causing everybody else problems. And God granted that request. God, I don't want to be the one that's bringing sorrow to everybody I meet. And God granted that request. I'm telling you, this was a prayer of destiny. changed his future 33 words in our King James Bible but it changed his future I'm telling you I'm telling you saint of God with the Holy Ghost moving the way it has moved in this service God wants to change a destiny tonight that's a big bold statement but I feel it I feel like that's why he put this on my heart in the first place God wants to change somebody's destiny tonight you have a choice live under the cloud live under your doubt keep beating yourself up keep feeling discouraged and depressed or say God I'm tired of being that person if I'm going to bring sorrow, let me bring it to the devil. If I'm going to cause trouble, let me cause it for hell. These altars are open tonight. Hallelujah.